0: Welcome to Grid Nation, the Building Trades podcast. I'm Joe Cadwa, the writer, producer, and host of the show. And on today's episode, I will be looking into the origins and mission of the largest residential career training program in the United States, the Job Corps. Since 1964, the Job Corps has assisted over 2 million people between the ages of 16 and 24 in finding meaningful careers in fields as varied as construction, the culinary arts and homeland security. To assist me in better understanding this program, I've invited two Job Corps instructors onto the show, Rich Evanuk and Tizzy Snelson. We'll open our conversation by understanding the origins of the Job Corps and who the typical Job Corps student is. Next, we'll investigate the hard skills which are taught at Job Corps facilities and how Tizzy and Rich are able to overcome social, educational, and generational barriers to better connect with their students. Later, we'll unpack the relationship the United Brotherhood of Carpenters has with the Job Corps and why this collaboration is so important in meeting the workforce demands of a booming economy and how the Job Corps graduates are part of the equation in filling the ever-widening skills gap in the building trades. And wander conversation by learning how those interested in the Job Corps can turn the skills and education they receive into a career and future they can be proud of. After the show, check out the show notes where you can find more information to help you dive deeper into the subject. And now, on to the show.
1: Tizzy and Rich, welcome to GRID. Happy to be here, Joe. Thank you so much
2: it's a great pleasure to be here. I love your show, Joe.
1: Well, thank you so much
0: for uh, taking your time to be on the show. And I, I realize I don't do a whole lot of conversations with with two or more folks, so please be patient with me. But I'm really, really excited to uh, to bring uh, more information to the listeners about the Job Corps, uh, the history of the Job Corps, the mission of the Job Corps, and your roles uh, within the Job Corps. So who would like to start off the conversation this morning?
2: Joe, I'd be more than happy to. Uh Job Corps was was started, conceived back in 1964 under the uh, Johnson administration as part of the War on Poverty. Uh, They sought to expand the economic and social opportunities of America, especially minorities and for the poor. So it's been around for 50-some years. The carpentry program has been part of Job Corps for the last 53 years.
0: And when you say it was uh developed to sort of push back against poverty, who who is your typical applicant? What are the demographics of the the, the folks that come to Job Corps?
2: It helps the youth, sixteen to twenty four, to improve their quality of lives, uh, help empower them, and um, they're looking to give them some independence and be you know part of the uh, the workforce.
0: Tizzy, how did you first get involved with the Job Corps?
1: Uh, I joined Job Corps. October 31st, 2016, and I was introduced to it by Teresa Downey, who was at the Astoria Job Corps. We met on a plane going to Women Build the Nation. So I says, what's Job Corps? And uh, she explained to me, she invited me to come up during some downtime, and I thought, man, this is the greatest job in the world. And that
0: that was sort of my reaction, too, Tizzy, when I first heard about Job Corps, is what's Job Corps? And uh, in doing some research, I realized that Job Corps, yeah, is spread out all across the U.S. and that uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, it looks like we have around 14 different Job Corps locations, 10 of which actually work with the carpenter craft. But my understanding of Job Corps is it's just not about carpentry. It's it's really designed to allow people to... Um, get the skills and education so that they can get the career that they want. What other skills are involved? We'll, we'll focus later on carpentry in specific, but what other skills are you aware of that Job Corps preps, preps these young people for?
2: Well, Joe, we have, we work with several different, what they call them hard trades, um, welding. Uh, we have construction craft laborers. We have the cement masons. Uh, up here at, at Wolf Creek, uh, there are, The painting crafts, uh, culinary, automotive, pretty much anything that you can think of. Each center has their own identity with with different sets of of training. So we're all different, but we're all the same. And
0: so specifically, you're down at Wolf Creek and, and Tizzy, you're at Angels Camp, correct?
1: I am an angel, and it is a civilian conservation center. We have uh, just hard trades here: uh, auto painting, welding, urban forestry, and brick masonry.
0: I see they have other other areas though that maybe aren't at your particular training center, but things like homeland security, hospitality, the uh, IT information technologies, finance, and business. So, so the job core really is sort of a broad spectrum. Of career choices that these young individuals can can jump on into, so again, getting back into it, you said somewhere between sixteen and twenty four is your typical applicant to Job Corps. How do they find the Job Corps? What what leads them to your door?
2: I'm a Job Corps graduate, Joe, and and the way I found it was through the employment office. I graduated from from uh, high school in Eugene, and I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to learn something else. I wanted a career. So I found that out, and I found out about it at the employment office and went through the steps with, uh, now it's called DESI. Um, All they have to do is go to the employment office. There are brochures down there, and basically, if you're between 16 and 24, anyone can qualify. Joe, I've had students here whose parents were brain surgeons. So it's obviously it's not economics. It's um, uh, most of the students we get are coming in to get a GED or a high school diploma because they couldn't, they didn't like high school. They left early, and when they come into our program, they'll get a GED. They get their driver's license. And they uh, they have an opportunity to to learn a good trade, and in our part in carpentry, uh, if we feel that they'll that they'll make the cut, um, that they're the right right person, uh, hopefully we get them into the UBC.
1: And our art center, Joe, we are a, a tier one education, so they get a high school diploma, not just a GED, and part of our. Criteria for them graduating, they get the high school diploma, they complete their trade, and we provide them with a driver's license. So we have a, a, a driver's license division here that they learn how to drive and trade. So we really try and set them up for success in, in every way. Education, trade, and a way to get to work.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like you're introducing them to the hard skills of a particular craft. And also you're working again, I think you said you're mentoring and modeling uh behaviors and establishing work ethics, the ability to, to get along with other people and uh Beginning to to explore who they are as as young adults, and that's a that's got to be a real tough um, nut to crack. And and I'm just wondering what techniques you use in order to develop the trust and communication. I know myself trying to talk to to some of the younger apprentices at PNCI. They look at me in my mid uh, to upper fifties, and and we don't have a whole lot in common right off the bat. But and and I only see these folks for a short period of time. You're living with them. It sounds like. 24 seven for weeks on end or years on end. So how do you develop these, these, uh, this
1: level of trust? Tizzy. Building trust is probably the best buy-in they come in. They, you know, honestly, they haven't seen the brightest, shiniest of life conditions. So trust issues, if you can, if you can develop that trust and they can feel your union pride, I raise my hand every time I tell them I took my union oath. I raise my hand because that's how much uh, love that I have and the opportunities that I have is based on what the UBC has given me and what I have worked for, the grit it took to get to where I am today. Um, building trust and the buy-in that they're they're wanted and needed in the workforce,
0: That they have value. And again, I think Rich said it earlier. It doesn't matter what, where they come from, what end of the economic spectrum they can, you know, be coming from. They could be a brain surgeon's child. Well, maybe the brain surgeon, uh, they're, they're so A type personalities are so driven that family has taken a backseat and maybe they, you know, they may be neglected as a youth and and never had a connection with, with their parent. Rich, what do you use? How do you get to, to make those connections, make those bonds with these, these people coming to your, your center?
2: The, with me personally, I am just myself. Um, I get right in there with the students. I make, I'll make i make fun of myself uh, in front of every, all the students. I am kind of the grandfather figure. Uh, I get right in there with them. Like Tizzy was saying, it's, it's a, earning their trust. We're just like you would on a job site Joe you um, you become real close with the people that you work with you get to know their moves they get to know their personalities and once you've established that then then they'll they'll buy in uh, I buy into each and every one of my students they all have different qualities that are excellent and uh, watching them grow uh, they're the students also have trust in one another and work with each other. They are a team. I know that my students, when the, the end of the day, they wait until all the students are ready to go and they all leave together. And they all walk down to the dining hall together because they're all carpenter students. So they are one. And they're pretty darn proud of that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, your building camaraderie there and right. uh, a fellowship. And it, like you say, it's got to be incredibly... Um, gratifying for the both of you to be to invest so much of yourself uh, into these people see them become successful. It's got to be equally heartbreaking when, when you really invest a lot and, and someone doesn't make the cut. But for those that, that do, uh, it's just got to be just a, an amazing reward. I'm, I have yet to be in uh, a position at PNCI yet. I, I think I have another year before I begin to see some of the fledgling apprentices, the first and second term that, that I helped with their intro class or maybe their construction math and blueprint class, get to a point where they're going to be graduating, where they've made it to, to ninth term and they're ready to journey out and I'm looking forward for to that that um, seeing them cross the stage, get their diploma, and and knowing that I did it, my part to, to make them successful in in, in uh, career as a professional uh, carpenter. Tizzy,
1: just a super quick story. I was at the uh, ITC and I'm in the dining hall. I see President McCarran and I wanted my picture taken with him badly, so I'm getting my picture taken. I introduce myself. I said. Job Corps instructor, and his response is to my core teaching and patience and struggles and wins and losses. He didn't say, you're bringing in more carpenters to our union. His statement was simply, you, Job Corps, is changing a lot of people's lives.
0: Now, a quick break in the action for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Union Home Plus. Union Home Plus has been in the business since 2002, helping Northwest Carpenter families, just like yours, save money when they buy, sell, or finance their home. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've probably heard me talk with Patrick Town, the Director of Operations over at Union Home Plus. Patrick and his team of finance and real estate professionals are dedicated to helping you make the right decisions with what many consider to be the cornerstone of the American dream, home ownership. For more information, be sure to check out the show notes in today's episode or visit unionhomeplus.org on the web. Union Home Plus, helping Northwest Carpenter families find their way home for nearly 20 years. And now back to the show. There you go. It's fantastic coming from the, uh, the general president. And, and if you don't know the uh, ITC is the international training center, our flagship training center for the UBC, and it's uh, located in Las Vegas. So finally, you know, we have talked about transitioning out of the program and sending them over to either PNCI or the next step. But what are some of the biggest transitional steps you see? For these folks that have graduated from the job corps and now are trying to make it in the in the trades, whether it is union, preferably or non union, what are some of the biggest challenges they have?
2: Well, I'll jump into that, Joe. The on the on the union side, my students are are overwhelmed. There's there's, and I'm sure that Tizzy does this too. But we teach them about things, the difference between a local, regional council, the international. We talked about dues. We talked about mixed twenty twenty. We talked about job stewards, and there's so many aspects of the UBC. It's kind of overwhelming for them, and they 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 feel a little bit intimidated. So, I try to I try to make it as calming for them as possible. Uh, we sit we both sit on the JETC board, which is the I'm sorry, I forget what the acronym is.
0: Join Apprentice Training Committee,
2: and thank you, Joe. These these folks are young and new, and they feel um, they feel like um, they aren't deserving. So it's it's a constant battle to reassure them that they're coming in as a first term apprentice that they're going to know a lot more than most coming in as first term apprentice they've had two years to think about it and work towards it. And so it's a big, huge deal for them as opposed to somebody hearing about the UBC and walking right in and going to work maybe a month later, they haven't had that amount of time to buy in and work towards it. So this is, this is the, the finish line for them and just the start of their life. Uh, so those, those are challenges for them going in They're They're, they're scared to death walking onto the job site. Um, So once they get past that, then they, then they do okay. It's just that first initial uh, first job. Where do I stay? How do I get there? Who's going to help me? Am I going to have a journeyman or another apprentice working with me? Am I going to be by myself? Am I going to act, ask too many questions? Um, so so there's a there's a lot of concerns they have going in
0: sure i can I can understand it. I often liken it to uh, to my intro class students. It's almost drinking from a fire hose. There's so much coming your way, and it, you really have to you know know what to focus on and what to uh kind of let wash over you. tizzy, what do you see where are some of the biggest challenges you you see for your uh folks who are leaving the nest, so to speak?
1: Money and a car. And a place to live. Um, if they don't go out on a, what Rich mentioned, uh, uh, fire detail, camp crew, fire crew, they will leave here and it's less than $2,000 that they will get if they complete their high school diploma and complete the Job Corps program. I think it's $1,600. That's not a first and last month. Deposit. That's not even a first car to get you there. And and some of our students don't have a home to go home to. Um I think that I think money is the the biggest challenge. I think we could improve. We we teach positive job site culture here, but we all know on a poor day that positive job site culture. may be a little harsher than what they're used to. And I believe yeah. our, our brothers and sisters um, could could step up in the honor of being a mentor, the mentorship of the, the first, second, third-term apprentices. Um, mentorship and the, the positive job site culture is really important. I- I success. agree wholeheartedly.
0: And again, one reason why I'm so proud to work with the Pacific Northwest Carpenters Institute, uh, knowing that we have put such an emphasis on the positive job site culture. In fact, my boss, uh, my cause, is responsible for starting that program and really rolling it out to a lot of the area contractors. And it, it is uh, education that is directed towards the upper management, to the journey level workers that, yes, you know, these uh, green apprentices. Or shades of green apprentices are our future, and that we really need to to do our best to to build them to be the best carpenters that they can be, so that they can continue on the proud traditions that we uh we have so there 's a lot lot going on there, but yeah it 's a tough road to hoe for sure, so what can we do to inspire anyone who 's listening to this podcast who may either be interested in joining the po- uh, the, the job corps or Uh, themselves or know someone that may be a good fit for the for the job corps where would they go
2: i would start off with going ahead and googling job corps have an idea of what you might want to do and where you might want to be a lot of my students are from out of the area they want to get away from that area so uh there's a lot of opportunities like you were saying earlier there's a there's a dozen centers within our regional council tizzy
0: any uh, words of advice for those who are interested in the Job Corps? And again, uh, keeping in mind that I'm happy to say my podcast is being listened all across the U.S., so it's not just specific to, to the Northwest or Oregon, but to all across the U.S. If you're interested in the Job Corps, where would you recommend people go to?
1: I agree with Rich, and uh, just just hit that website. Yeah, I, I am the one that, that was perusing
0: that website earlier, and I just cannot believe this is a part of the uh, a government website. This is one of the cleanest, most interactive, well done websites I think I've come across. I'm really, really impressed with the JobCore website. It's at uh, jobcore with an S.gov. So that's jobcore with an S, uh, dot gov. and I will make sure and put that in the show notes. Uh, Rich and Tizius has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show with me today, and I look forward to forward to uh to seeing you and hopefully coming down to visit your locations here in the not too distant future
1: come for crabbing
2: season thank joe thank you so much for having me like i said i listen to your show my students listen to your show all the time and i really appreciate you taking the time to hear our story i guess they have been
0: rich evident and tizzy snelson Be sure to check out the show notes where you can find more resources to help you dive deeper into this topic.